Welcome to the Cyber Life Podcast. Remember, if you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, five stars, of course, and share this podcast with everyone you know. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode one of the Cyber Life Podcast. My name is Ken Underhill. I'll be your host. In today's episode, we're going to talk about cyber jobs, so cybersecurity jobs. Now, there's a lot of myths out there on how should I get a job, right? Should I get a go get a master's degree you know, in cybersecurity? Should I go get a doctorate degree? Um, and the reality behind that is a degree is not going to help you get a job necessarily. Now, for some jobs, they want you to have a bachelor's degree or maybe a master's if you're, uh, you know, or doctorate if you're teaching at university level. Uh, but for the most part, it's about skills. And this industry, unfortunately, is very, very heavy on certifications. That being said, uh, there are so many certifications. I, I literally know people that have like 40 or 50 certifications. Now, will certification get you a job? Not necessarily. So we think of some common certs that will help you get a, you're kind of your foot in the door, you know, maybe get you past that robotic filter that HR departments have. Uh, and some of those key ones there are going to be things like CompTIA Security Plus. That's kind of that entry level generalized security certification. Um, also like the CompTIA CISA. And by the way, I'm not endorsing CompTIA. I, I don't have any uh, special deal or anything with them. Um, and then uh, some other entry-level entry ones uh, that may be beneficial to you are things like the AWS certifications or even like Azure or Google Cloud. Um, primarily, though, uh, Amazon AWS. One thing that, to, to note about this industry is you really have to network quite a bit, and then you also need to brand yourself. So you've got to show why are you different, right? You know, and it's not just you saying like, oh, yeah, I can do this job, right? Or I can, I have these skills, I can do this. You really need to show that. So whether that's you maybe creating an online course, maybe that's you having a YouTube channel where you throw up some videos. Uh, for example, let's say you want to be a SOC analyst. Uh, and so you throw up some YouTube videos uh, showing you using, you know, the free version of Splunk and analyzing some data, right? Or it shows you analyzing packets with Wireshark. Just something to actually show an employer that you actually have these skills, right? And then I mentioned networking, and it's not so much of having like 5 million, you know, LinkedIn connections or 5 million, you know, Facebook likes. That's not networking. Networking is you getting off your, you know, rear end, going out to different conferences or meetups in your areas, building those real relationships. And then from there, after you've delivered some value to those people saying, hey, by the way, I'm looking for a job. If you hear something that might be a good fit, let me know, you know, or, hey, I'm trying to get into company X. I noticed that you work there. I know we've been chatting a bit at this meetup. Are there any positions open? You know, even if they're not cyber, I just want to really get my foot in the door of that company. A lot of times companies, and this is, this is something that a lot of people don't know about, at least I don't, I don't think they know about. A lot of times companies, if they want you, they'll just create a job for you. You know, and, and a lot of times it's about the person that you connect with going back to their boss and saying, hey, this person's really, really good. What can we, you know, what can we have them do, right? Can we maybe even get them in here part time or on an internship or something just to get them working here because they're really, really good. Uh, and, and like I said, a lot of times it's all about the fact that you've networked with different people with that organization. The other thing I want to talk about um, briefly is resumes. So I notice a lot of cookie cutter resumes out there and some of them are very terrible. You know, some people want to use like fancy fonts and, and different colorings and just try to make it look su super cool. Um, the reality is a lot of times that doesn't even get through the filter. 
uh, for the HR department. And honestly, the best way to get through the filter is handing a human your resume and getting that to them or, you know, writing a letter in. And um, we'll talk about kind of how to get into your, your quote unquote dream company in, in just a second. So with your resume, just some key things that, that I recommend. Um, again, I'm not a, I'll, I'll flat out say I'm not a resume writing expert. I don't sell you uh, resume writing templates or anything like that. I have no, I have no, um, you know, financial gain by you getting a better resume. So I'm just going to tell you what's worked for me. And if you want to use that, great. If you don't, hopefully you get the, you know, hopefully you get an interview and get the job. So first thing is I always like to throw a quote at the very top of my resume from someone, uh, you know, maybe a professor, maybe a past manager, just somebody that would throw a quote, you know, like, hey, this person's a hard worker, whatever the case might be. Um, now with that, make sure it's somebody that kind of has some credentials. So don't just pick like the lowest level help desk person to write you a, a review. Um, you know, that's fine if that's all you can get, but try to get like somebody, a manager or, you know, somebody with. Uh, an advanced degree or advanced certifications. Uh, basically, you just want somebody with that you can throw a bunch of alphabet soup after their name, a bunch of different letters uh, that tries to impress the HR person looking at your resume. After that quote, you know, because again, a quote, you know, if you think of uh, you go to Amazon, for example, and you go to buy a product, you're going to look at the reviews, right? At least most people are. You're going to look through those reviews, and if you see a, people leaving reviews on a product, you're more likely to buy that one if it's got five-star reviews or four-star reviews than a product with no reviews, right? Most of us do that way. Some people still want to buy the product with no reviews, but most people are going to buy the product that has the four- and five-star reviews. Similar, similar uh, psychology philosophy here, we're trying to get the HR person or the hiring manager that's looking at your resume to say, oh, well, this person, whoever this stranger is, that has all these credentials after their name is saying that this person's really good. So why don't I go ahead and set them up for an interview? The next part on the, on the resume I would do is bullet points. So right after that, that you know, quote you get from somebody, that basically that review, uh, go ahead and put uh, bullet points listing out some of the key things you have done, not... You know, I, you know, I was responsible for this or that. Like, that's boring, by the way. Don't do, don't do that. Like, this is quantifiable information. You know, I, I completed this project that directly led to $5,000 extra a month for the company, right? Or I, you know, closed this deal that netted the company $100 million. I reduced the time to launch on this product by implementing, you know, my strategy of X. I, you know, did whatever, right? I did whatever on this project to make it more successful. Measurable things, so that way somebody can quickly look at that and say, okay, this person produces results. Because at the end of the day, if I'm trying to hire you, I want to know that you can come in and produce results for me. You don't have to know everything technically right up front, right? I can train you on a lot of stuff, but if I see that you're producing results for somebody else already, it's a lot easier to make that decision to bring you in for an interview. The next area I would go with is your education. So just quickly listing out, you know, do you have a bachelor's degree, master's, associates? If you don't have a, a college degree, you can just skip that, you know, or if you've done some kind of like a boot camp uh, training, then you can put that in there, you know, like a coding boot camp or whatever. After that, put any types of awards or certifications you have. So any certs, you know, CompTIA Security Plus, uh, CEH, uh, pen test plus whatever um, obviously you could tell minor more offensive stuff um, and then also you know as I mentioned awards so if you were in college and you got like an award for getting a 4.0 GPA or something list that out you know if it's you know if it's if it's if you feel like it's relevant let's just say it like that because sometimes it's just said the award just says like 4.0 GPA 
Um, but if it's something like uh, how I got mine when I did my undergrad and it, it was called the President's List Award, that sounds a little cooler, right, on the resume. And all that was, again, was just for the 4.0 4 GPA. After that section, list out anything you've done in the industry. So anything you've done to contribute to the industry. Um, so after you've listed out any award certifications, the next section should be your contributions to the community. Now, if you don't have any, then just, you know, don't put that section in your resume. But if you've done any type of volunteer work, if you volunteered, you know, um, at different events, as a, like a security conference, for example, list that out there. It just shows that you're, you're really, in, you know, you're really in for the long haul with the industry. The next section is going to be um, any other type of, you know, give back type of stuff, feel good stuff, you know, volunteer work or whatever. And then after that, move into your actual work experience. What you're trying to do there with that format that I use is you're just trying to uh, somewhat lay it on thick of like all the stuff you've done. Because most people don't care about your work experience if they see that you've got all these other criteria in their head. Um, that's the reality of it. Um, I, I forget the, the uh, study that was done. It was, it was done a while ago, and I read, I read through it. Um, I forget the name of it. Anyways, uh, there's basically a psychology, or a, uh, it's not a psychology, but a hiring study um, done. And basically, they went around and interviewed all these hiring managers, right? And they basically, and they were asking them, like, what is important to you? of these criteria, you know, that are listed out in the survey. And surprisingly, work experience was like the last thing. It was like maybe in 6% of the time, that was like the thing they looked for. But they looked for mostly what kind of things were you, you know, like accomplishing, like what, um, what, uh, what, what was your productivity, right? Like what were the specific measurable things that you were doing? And then also, what were you doing to contribute back to whatever industry you were trying to get a job in? You know, so like those were kind of the two, those were like, uh, I think it was like 65% combined or 70% combined. So essentially, if like you had those things kind of locked down, like if you were, you know, really delivering results at your, at your current company, uh, you know, or previous company, and then you were also really giving back to whatever industry you were trying to get a job in, then essentially in most cases you would get called for an interview. You know, and, and like you could be terrible, like on, you know, you could have like your work experience could be McDonald's, right? And you were still getting called for an interview. So that's just something to keep in mind. And that's, and that's exactly why I format, um, I formatted my resume the way I did. And I'll tell you something else when I talked about uh, earlier about networking and then also branding yourself. Um, most of the time, that's how you get the interview in, in most cases. Like you get, you actually get employers reaching out to you. Um, I have that frequently. I have uh, people reaching out to me saying, hey, not sure if you're in the market, but here's, you know, this type of thing. Uh, just want to see if you're interested in it or if you need, if you know, uh, you know, somebody else interested in it. Um, and that's the way it works in this particular industry. It's different from other places where, you know, you get a certain degree, you get a certain certification and you, you know, you kind of automatically get a job, right? Like if you go to medical school and you get your doctor's license, you're pretty much guaranteed to be a doctor, right? You can get a job as a doctor um, in most cases. This industry is a little different in the aspect of you need to network. I mean, you need to do it before you need the job. Uh, obviously, if right now you're listening to this and you're like, I need a job, you know, I need, I need a job right now, then start going to whatever free conferences or meetups in town, you know, basically you got to put in the work. If there are no meetups in your area, then do them online, like start volunteering um, different things online. I know volunteering, of course, you're not getting paid, but it's a way to network and something else to throw on your resume. You also need to think outside the box to get into the industry, specifically into the companies that you want. So um, a lot of times people are strictly like, I want to be a penetration tester. And the company has never hires for that, right? They only hire for maybe a SOC analyst or, or you know, a cybersecurity analyst or security engineer. 
So be mindful of that. Like, what do they actually hire for? And then also look at their jobs that are open and say, which one of these could I actually do? They may not be cybersecurity, but if you really want to work at that company, a lot of times if you get your foot in the door and then you start talking about, hey, I really want to transition into, you know, the cybersecurity department uh, here, you know, whether it's, you know, the offensive side, defensive side, whatever, I want to transition into that more eventually with this company. That's how I want to grow here. Many, many times they'll create a position for you after they see you working hard for, you know, three to six months. So just keep all that in mind. You know, again, this industry, a lot of the myths around this industry are like, hey, you got to get a bunch of certifications and college degrees. And I know a bunch of people that have that stuff and have no job right now. Um, so just, just keep that in mind. The other thing along those lines um, that I want to mention is, you know, I already mentioned about the fact that you need to think outside the box. You also just need to realize, again, that it's all about branding yourself. You have to differentiate yourself. You know, there's so many people trying to get into this industry right now because they see the media talking about, oh, you've got, you know, X number of openings and there's, you know, jobs aplenty, et cetera. And the reality is, you know, number one, a lot of those jobs that are open require a security clearance. A lot of them are, are government jobs uh, and, mo and many people don't qualify. Or, you know, if you've ever experienced clearance process, it takes years. And, you know, who really has time to wait for two years on a security clearance when you have to feed your family, right? Um, and then, you know, the other thing is that employers, a lot of times these job postings are unrealistic. Like you, I've literally seen some that are like, hey, we're hiring for this entry level role. We want to have, you know, somebody with, you know, at least, at least five years experience and, you know, four, four certifications, or, you know, we want you to have a CISP, a CISSP, which you have to have five, five years uh, work experience to be able to even hold. Um, and we want you to have all that stuff and be, you know, be skilled in all these different uh, technology areas. You know, you've got to know really well, you know, Microsoft Azure, Amazon, AWS, Google Cloud, because we're not sure as a company where we want to go to yet. So you need to be an expert in all that. And by the way, again, this is an entry level role and the pay is, you know, the pay is, the pay is 10 bucks an hour, right? Uh, you know, most of those job descriptions out there are unrealistic. And that's why I really encourage you, if you're listening to this, to actually focus on branding yourself, number one. Number two, getting out there and networking. So going to conferences in your area, going to meetups, you know, meetup groups are, are generally free. Um, so do those, connect with people, connect with them, um, you know, uh, get a get a LinkedIn profile. If you don't have one already, sign up for LinkedIn uh, and, and basically put all your skills and stuff in your profile, really make it look nice. Look, you know, you can Google search uh, how to make your uh, LinkedIn profile look professional. And then, uh, you know, from there, uh, on LinkedIn, if you've got a certain company you want to work at or certain grouping of companies, start reach, start uh, connecting with their employees, start following their posts that they're doing, liking their posts, commenting on their posts. Use what I call the three by three by three method. So basically what you're going to do uh, to grow your network, you're going to comment to three different people's um, posts a day. So positive comments, you know, contribute. Don't just be like, I hate this stuff. You know, be positive about it. Uh, you're also going to uh, like three other people's posts. And then you're going to th send three other people uh, a message, you know, during the day, like, you know, you know, each day and basically just say, like, how, you know, I see that you, you know, and may craft them personal. Don't, don't just send a robotic message. So just say, you know, something like, hey, I see that you work at Company X or I see that you posted about this or that or that you're skilled in this area. If I can ever help you on, you know, this project or if I can ever help you in any way, let me know. Just something to reach out so they so you kind of cut through all that noise and they say, oh, who's this person? 
and they go look at your profile. Because what, what they may know that you don't know is that there's a job that just opened up at that company that you'd be perfect for. And they go look at the profile, you know, and you're, they're like, oh, well, this person has all these skills. Let me, let me message them back and say, hey, if, I don't know if you're looking, but we've actually got this job that just opened up at my company. I think you'd be a perfect match, right? That's how this happens in this industry, by the way. That's how this happens. It does not happen by you getting 12 college degrees and getting 48 certifications and begging people for jobs. That doesn't work. What works is branding yourself, networking like crazy, and you know delivering value to others first before you ask for a job. I can't tell you how many people like you know like connect with me on LinkedIn and then automatically are blasting my inbox like I need a job, you know I need a work visa. I need like I, I can't help you with any of that, right? I'm not hiring. I'm not hiring right now. You know I, I can't help you with that. And by the way, you're not showing any value of what you've done. I go look at your profile. I'm like there's nothing there. You're literally just talking about how you need a job. That that's not going to get you a job. Sorry. You know, if you don't, and if you're listening to this and you're like, he doesn't know, know what he's talking about. Uh, I, I help people get jobs all the time in this industry. So um, that's my street cred on that. So, you know, you, you're welcome to continue not having a job or you can hopefully take the information um, that I'm talking about if it's new to you and implement it and actually get yourself a job in the industry. So this first episode, again, was just talking about uh, kind of dispelling some myths about getting a job in the cybersecurity industry and some of the key tactics that I recommend you do. And I'll see you in the next episode.